Well, the portal is already hit in a fury and a frenzy as everybody seems to be in the portal, except me and our guest today here in Locked On to UCLA. Let's talk about who UCLA should go after in the portal to revamp for 2023. Let's get started. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, I'm Zach Anderson, the Oxheimer, joined once again by UCLA Hall of Famer Ed Kazarian. And before we ask him all about the transfer portal, we say thank you for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, available on YouTube as well. Like, comment, subscribe. Just know this episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. It's a gift from the heart. That will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com with the promo code locked on. Get that extra $30 off your next order. And well, the next order of business here for today's episode is the likes of the transfer portal. We disperse for a couple of days, Ed. We talk about your history as a UCLA player, coach, administrator. And then now we talk about the current team here today, and so many players, maybe not necessarily UCLA, but so many players have hit the portal already. And I was going to kind of start off by asking you, what do you think is something from what you've seen from afar overall in college football and for UCLA that they need in the transfer portal for the next season? Well, Zach, thanks for having me on again. I am going to say first and foremost that with the transfer portal, A head coach has got to be worried about all positions all the time. Just because the nature of how things are changing at such a rapid pace, it's hard to say that, oh, we should concentrate on any one position because we got to be concerned about all positions. For example, we have a kicker that has done all our kicking the last three years, our punting this year. It's like two positions and he enters the portal, Nicholas Barmira. And so going into the bowl game, you can't solve that problem, but you got to look to the future and figure out how we can be in a position to have a backup or somebody qualified with injuries and everything at all positions. I'm sorry, I'm not qualified to talk about specific positions and needs and who UCLA and Coach Chip Kelly should go after, but I do think it's something that's straining college football coaching staffs right now. I can see why the coaching staffs in football have grown so much, especially in the last couple of years, to accommodate having enough people to scout and evaluate and constantly recruit the players that you have, as well as look at all the other college players that are entering the portal every day. I think we have upwards of a thousand that have entered the portal already because December 1st is the first day that college football coaches can contact kids for the next 45 days. So there's a lot going on in the transfer portal is really a big one. And then I want to kind of go back to when you were coaching. What was it like then when you were recruiting? I know you were more of the offensive line and then the one head coach for the one game for the two weeks. We'll get to that again. But for being being a coach back then, 
what was it like not have what was the transfer transfers like then back then compared to now how like it's the portal you can one time transfer go anywhere what was it like back then building a program for three to four years of having a player at a time well i two analogies great question because i would say transfers when i was coaching implied more kids from the two-year colleges um because anybody that came into your program that was from a four-year would sit out a year so it was two years later that you'd be able to benefit from something like that so we i'll go back to 1972 when i attended ucla we had i want to say don't hold me to it 11 community college transfers to build the team from a two seven and one in 1971 to what turned out to be eight and three in 1972 and we did it with two-year transfers so i guess the analogy would be the transfer portal today uh is is wild it's wide open now but the two-year colleges was kind of our way to maybe solve that problem the other example i'll give you is when smu received the death penalty in 1986 and we at ucla going in the 1987 season really felt like we had a really strong team but we needed one more offensive lineman and one more linebacker so i found myself in dallas texas you know and looking to get dave richards and ben hummel which were two big needs that came from smu to ucla to really help us in 1987 to a 10 and 2 season so those are my analogies, but the portal today is more wide open than those isolated uh, examples. But that uh, hopefully that gives people that are listening or viewing uh, uh, some kind of analogy of what what it, what it must be like only on warp speed now. It seems like even a few years ago, the 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 JUCO route was very big for recruiting. Oh, you can get a one year fix or a two year fix, whether it be that quarterback. Even hey, remember I know this isn't necessarily UCLA related, but Cam Newton he was the old school version of a D one bounced back to a JUCO and then went back to Auburn and led them to the national championship for UCLA. And, and maybe in years past, they would have hit a junior college, find some people. Now they go directly, as you mentioned, as opposed to the two-year universities or the community colleges, they go to the four-year universities and just pluck players that they want. UCLA is already rumored to be in the running for any Stanford player in the portal and arguably any Cal player in the portal. They already got a Cal commit, a linebacker. I don't want to butcher his name, but he had 17 tackles for Cal against UCLA in that game just two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever it was. Thanksgiving seems like it's been so far, but it's not too far away. And UCLA already got a linebacker. They've already got a transfer portal commit from a grad transfer from Penn in Jake Heimlich, I've already talked about. And UCLA is already grabbing in the portal as the likes of Chip Kelly has already shown he can win in the portal versus that high school recruiting. Well, you know, the, uh, when in 15 years of administrative work at UCLA and coach Chip Kelly, he really has bought into books and ball. You know, I heard that mentioned a week or two ago. So I here, here I absorb it. But in 15 years of administrative work, we had 13 two-year transfers at UCLA. Now they were all outstanding kids that contributed and went on and all 13 graduated 
from UCLA. Two might have done it at another at a later date, you know, going back to school to finish. But my point is, is that's not a lot of two-year transfers, 13 and 15 years, where other schools might be set up to be able to get five or 10 a year. You know, things in 1972 when I played were a lot different at UCLA in terms of admissions than than the last uh, 20 years. So um, my point is, is that the transfer portal and Coach Chip Kelly and his staff and the scouting and everybody else, they're doing a wonderful job because I think we're hitting at UCLA on a higher percentage of transfer portals. You know, quality over quantity, and you got to get tip your hat to Coach Kelly and what UCLA has been able to do with the transfer portal, seeing how that's an avenue that's open to everyone across college football. I think the way Coach Kelly's handling it last year, two years ago, uh, hats off to Coach. Yeah, just to name a few off the top, just looking at the roster, you can't forget ZZ Hearn. He's come in as a grad transfer and been a starting DB. You have Jalen Davies, who's got a couple of interceptions. He started at Oregon. Can't forget the Murphy twins, both from North Texas. Then you had the likes of Leatu Latu, finding him an important role. UCLA, watching Jake Bobo, Zach Charbonnet, even Darius Mwasau. Those are names just boom, 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 right off the top. You have Raekwon O'Neal, who is the 6'4 Richard Jr. offensive lineman from Rutgers. Even Ethan Garbers, who could very well be in competition for the starting quarterback job for next year, if not the bowl game, he's already a transfer. So these are guys that the likes of Chip Kelly has already hit on. And I'm still not even listing half the roster as there's already guys in the portal. That's a good point you bring up, Ed, that Chip Kelly's already proven he can hit on the transfer portal. And maybe the next thing is he's gotten good guys. And Charbonnet, you have to say, is a home run. And Bobo is a great hit. And some of these little defensive gets were awesome this year but what's the next home run is it the quarterback there's so many quarterbacks out there JT Daniels you have Keaton Slovis those are former Trojans not that you want them in the UCLA uniform but who knows you have Clemson's quarterback and in DJ and then it just it the list is endless and it seems like UCLA might need to hit a lot more on the portal this year and rely on it than especially for this year this season specifically because they had a lot of seniors this year now they got to replace all those guys well, that all makes a lot of sense. You want to be strategic. I think Coach Kelly's being strategic with the transfer portal, and everybody that's a UCLA fan and alumni should respect the nice job that he's doing because I think he, he wants to respect and develop players that are there but also look to the portal because that's a whole new avenue that's opened things up for UCLA to be more competitive, I believe. You know, you're talking top 20 academics, top 15 academics in a country year after year at UCLA. Fantastic school academically. And yet we're able with this portal to be able to kind of grow our our opportunities for student athletes who are focused on school and and also sports. Football. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about how do you keep players motivated? You you have to coach a bowl game. We'll talk about that. How do you keep players that are still there? It's almost even tougher now. How do you keep the players motivated as we talk about that in just a moment? But first, I will talk about Omaha Steaks. Yeah, you see that promo code. You hear about Omaha Steaks. You heard about it. It's a good holiday gift because the holidays are here. You can achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious 
Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages, taking the guesswork out of gifting and making you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com, take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use the promo code Locked on at checkout to get an additional $30 off your order. Once and again, you can get 50% off site-wide on omahasteaks.com. And then with the locked on promo code, get an additional $30 off. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. So shop early and beat that shipping rush. You know it'll be crazy during the holiday season, as it already is. Go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code locked on at checkout to get an additional $30 off. Already with the big tail, site-wide here on Locked On UCLA. In the meantime, as we bring you back Locked On UCLA, it's Zach Anderson, the Oxheimer, alongside Ed Kazarian as we get to the second segment of this jam-packed episode. Maybe we won't be throwing individual names because there's still more names to go in the portal. There's still more guys to be committed. And UCLA already has that Cal linebacker commit, the Penn grad transfer commit, even though the portal technically wasn't officially open, but he committed to UCLA, or maybe he did one way or the other. UCLA is racking up the commitments, and we'll keep tabs on those throughout the week. But what I wanted to ask you, Ed, was the fact that there's players still on this roster that have to play another game against Pitt the day before New Year's, December 30th, in the Sun Bowl. What was your reaction, before we get to the motivation factor, into them being named to the Sun Bowl. Was that the right bowl, or is that just a disappointing end of a bowl game for this season? No, I don't think it's a disappointing end at all, and I think the Sun Bowl is a a class bowl. Anytime there's a bowl game in the state of Texas, they take a lot of pride in their bowl games, and and, UCLA's been to the Sun Bowl a few times. They were all great experiences, and... uh, you know, some bowl committee and the executive director and the people uh, involved in it have done a great job for decades. So I mean, I, I'm excited for UCLA to be able to have that opportunity. If you're looking on YouTube, you can see on Ed's shirt, it says UCLA Sun Bowl. Uh, how many Sun Bowls have you been to specifically? Well, I have been to three of the four that UCLA's participated in. This one's from 2005, a 10-2 team with Coach Durrell that uh, was down 22-0 to Northwestern before we knew what happened and then came roaring back to win 50-38. So I've been experienced them in 1991 as a coach and uh, 2000 as an administrator and then again in 2005. And what was your record of those again? I think what? Winning record, I believe. Uh, well, there. what was nice about 1991 mm-hmm. was that was Coach Donahue's eighth consecutive bowl victory, the first coach they ever do that mm-hmm. in NC2A history also. Besides winning seven consecutive, there was one or two years we didn't go in 89 and 90, and then 91, uh, 9 and 3, and head to the Sun Bowl, and and uh, we, Coach was able to get his eighth uh, win in a row. Not in a row, but consecutive. So. Or, so anyway, it was exciting. We loved uh, the experience in 91. And, you know, Jimmy Rogers Jr., uh, he was executive director in 1970. He's emeritus now. I saw a Bernie Olivas who was working hard back in those days. And now he's executive director now. The people in El Paso take this seriously. It's going to be a great experience for our student athletes. So uh, getting to the motivation part real quick, if I could just 
talk about that. The kids have to need, they need to know winning the game is what's fun about a bowl game. So convincing them that winning the game, that's where those memories are going to feel more long lasting. And that's really important. But next is, guys, we're going to have as much fun as we possibly can. As long as we stay focused on winning the game. So win the game, but uh, let's have as much fun as possible. The bowl game will have a lot of activities. There'll be gifts. Um, let's do a lot of preparation and work hard here on campus before we get to the bowl game so we can enjoy the bowl game experience. So you kind of try to get to, you try to have three, four things that you keep have their have our student athletes focus on leading up to traveling to El Paso. You were the head coach that won, uh, the interim head coach that won back in 02. That was the Las Vegas Bowl, correct? When correct. you guys were able correct. to take down New Mexico in That's that correct. win. And uh, so you had to have those couple weeks leading up to it. You had five less days to wait for your bowl game because you guys had to play on Christmas Day. But what was something you did specifically or did you lean on the assistance at the time when you were the interim then trying to keep the players focused? I know you just kind of mentioned it, but what were some things you specifically try to keep, keep them engaged for a bowl game as you guys did win? Well, I would like to have everybody just think back to 2002. We had a head football coach that was a coordinator for two years and then head coach for seven more. So someone with nine years, almost a decade at UCLA is not going to be coaching that bowl game. And imagine the relationships he had with his staff. Those, a lot of the coaches, the assistant coaches were close to the head football coach. And so, and think about the wives and the families and how things change when a coaching change is going to take place in about two, three weeks after the bowl game. So having the coaches even stay focused in their families, that's critical too. So what do you do? You try to you try to make sure you continue to work hard, but maybe you adjust practice times a little less and you find ways to work hard but work more efficiently. Stay positive and enthusiastic. You know, as I start to talk to you, Zach, I'm going to be kind of going through the pyramid of success once again in terms of delegating, uh, you know, uh, Cooperating with the assistant coaches, I delegated a lot of things. I certainly wasn't in a position having been out of coaching for a number of years, but having played, been a graduate assistant, been an assistant coach and administrator. Hopefully the assistant coaches respected me enough to kind of let me kind of uh, serve as an administrator in that capacity. But delegating to the assistant coaches, making sure everybody had a great experience was number one on my list. Plus, I didn't mention, and it's really important, Zach, we had 14 seniors on the 2002 squad. They were 14 great seniors. And so I appealed to the rest of the team, let's send these seniors out with a win. So that would be another way to motivate. And the other thing is, too, UCLA is going for that program record tying win for a single season with the win that would be their 10th and then as you've already mentioned you had seniors this team has a plethora of I don't even know if they're seniors anymore they're senior citizens for in terms of college student athletes because they've been around so long like the DTRs Jake Bobo Charbonnets they've been around with the COVID year the extra year the red shirts however it works there are so many older players that could be in their 22 23 20 year old 24 year old year seniors, grad transfers, graduates, master's programs, and they all can try and play 
for that win against the likes of Pitt. And that Pitt game's interesting because they haven't played Pitt in 50 years. And uh, I feel like I know somebody who has played against the <laughs> Pittsburgh Panthers. I know you're nothing, but we'll get to that in a moment here in Locked on UCLA. <laughs> we'll get to why that chuckle is so endearing because, well, we'll tell you in a moment as we'll tell you about Built Bar. Hey, can, well, let's, let's pause for a second. Before we talk about Pitt, just know that you've got to try these new reimagined flavors for Built Bar. They've got cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, and coconut brownie topper. They've got what it takes to be super filling. It's insanely tasty. They even got a white chocolate peppermint granola, candy cane brownie, even the holiday flavors that you so desperately love. They've got, you've never tried a Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bars ever built. They're 100% real pro- chocolate, 17 grams of real of protein, shockingly low sugar and calories, only 130 calories. Sinking your teeth into the first bite will change your life forever. Just know that there'll be a time where you need to try these new built flavors. It's magical, wonderful. It's a great time afterwards. And just know it's built that you've got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the promo code LOCKEDON15. That's locked on the number 15. Locked on 15. It's the number 15 at built.com to get 15% off your order. Go try that protein bar. Get you energized. It's it's amazing. Go try it. It's Built Bar. They got all the holiday flavors and the new flavors. The same flavor this week is building up to the bowl game. We have 24 days until UCLA for this moment takes the field and prepares themselves for that pit game in the Sun Bowl in El Paso on December 30th. An early game at 11 a.m. Pacific kickoff for the Bruins against the Pitt Panthers. They haven't played Pitt since 1972, and if my math is correct, it's been 50 years since September 16, 1972, when UCLA beat Pitt and won 38-28. to And as we welcome back Ed Kazarian, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer here in Locked On UCLA, wrapping up today's episode, you were laughing before the little mini break there. You were laughing. Why, why are you laughing? What is so special about that UCLA pit game? I, I believe you played in that game, right? Yes, I did. I was a transfer from Reedley College, and it was my second game coming off of my first game being the upset of Nebraska 2017 in the opener, where Nebraska was thinking about trying to be a three-time defending national championship, and we were able to get that win. So my experience going back to Pittsburgh, my gosh, to fly that far and go back east when I hadn't been on a plane ever until I was going through the recruiting process, you know, in community college to fly that far. I had relatives back east and family so important. And I had a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins at the game. So that was exciting. I remember it being uh, 38-28, but it was a physical game, which you're going to get when you're going to go back east. I just think the nature of, you know, the area and everything, Pitts prides themselves in being physical. And, and uh, I remember it being a physical game. I, I What stood out in my mind was Rob Scribner was our backup quarterback. Mark Harmon, our starter, he was a transfer from a two-year college, Pierce College, and he had a great game. But then Rob Scribner came in, who was a defensive back that Coach Rogers moved to offense and 
I think in five, six carries, he had over 100 yards. I just remember that standing out. But we played really well overall as a team for our second game of the year and came away victorious. And and uh, I have I have a lot of memories. I remember hitting a defensive back, running across field, Zach, so hard I bit through my mouthpiece at, on one play during that game. So, you know, you have moments. You remember moments, and the pit game was one that I remember we were playing them all the time, I think in the late fifties and most of the sixties, but then in 72 is the last time we end up playing Pitt. And so this will be exciting to have two quality teams. It's a great matchup. You've got nine and three, eight and four, and you've got a great matchup at the Sun Bowl. I think they're looking forward to it and we should look forward to it too. One more thing on motivation, Zach, and I'll, uh, is that, I've been around six of the nine 10 win seasons. I think to get, and you mentioned it, to get our 10th 10 win season, that's motivating. And that's something that the players should think about. That's exciting. In the history of UCLA football, to be able to be one of the 10 win, 10 win seasons, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it's a mouthful. One of the 10 10 win seasons. <laughs> as, uh... Thank you for the help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no worries. But yes, I mean, the, Despite the lack of a Rose Bowl appearance or even a, a, a possible college football playoff bid in UCLA, they talked about doing big things. And when it's all said and done, they'll have a record-breaking quarterback and maybe even more if he plays in the bowl game and Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Chip Kelly. And they set out to do something. And at the very least, they will have a potential to equal the single season program record win total, which would be 10 which, you know, that's a successful season despite a couple of sad losses at the end. This is a reason for positivity at the end of the year. And lots of seniors who are trying to build their cases for the NFL draft, even maybe not players listed as seniors, but guys who could depart early for the draft and just guys who want to play for pride. It might be their last college football game. And again, as you mentioned, the 10-win season is something very special at UCLA. And soon enough, they'll need to eclipse that, especially when you try to win next year in the Pac-12 and then building as we expect for the Big Ten, barring craziness from the UC Regents in the next week with their meeting. But all we expect is a, a fun 10-win season. And I was looking at the UCLA website. UCLA all-time against Pitt, 9-5. As you mentioned, yes, back in the late 50s when that um, series started, started back in 1958. They lost two in a row to Pitt to start off the all-time series. And then UCLA has won nine of the last 12 meetings. So funny enough, we talk about 10. This could be UCLA's 10th all-time win against Pitt in the all-time series history. And they haven't played in 50 years. That's right. And, you know, I want to mention, because I'm going to reference Coach Donahue, who did everything for me in this profession to be at UCLA like I have for uh, 32 years in one capacity or another. Coach Kelly, Chip Kelly, uh, when Coach Donahue passed July 4th, a year and a half ago, uh, when he talked about Coach Donahue, he said, we will always love and play hard for Coach Donahue. And last year at eight and four, I, I, that happened. This year at nine and three, every game, I think that happened. So, I think uh, I'm a really appreciative of that. And I think the players can also have that knowing that, hey, we will always love and play hard for Coach Donahue. Ch- Coach Kelly feels strongly about that. And I think the, the way the players have played last year and this year, 
with our seasons. I think we have one more game in which we need to play hard. And uh, we've done that the last two years. We shouldn't stop now in this last game of 2022. And th even though it's a bowl game, this is practically the offseason. You build for 2023 with these practices, although with the portal, there's still the importance of spring practice, yes, but these are the building moments to seeing which guys can earn potential playing time next year, not just the bowl game, and then building their stock for the rest of their football career, whether it be at UCLA or in the professional ranks or somewhere else. These are key practices, whether it be a couple extra 12 practices or 10 or whatever the number is leading up to the Sun Bowl, depending on how many practices they have. UCLA, this is a good building opportunity to one hit the portal and see what they have. If DTR doesn't play, what has Garber's got? I've seen a lot of UCLA faithful talking about the likes of, hey, what about Justin Morton from Inglewood, the true freshman, the 6'4 product? Will we see those quarterbacks? Will we see three quarterbacks? All those questions and then some will be answered, just like the portal. We'll hit all those questions once again when we get right. to more commits, more people in the portal. It's only the second true busy day of the transfer portal with more names going and being thrown into the wind as we won't even know who's going to be in the portal or not until the next couple of weeks. But, Ed, thanks for being on. Have to once You're again welcome. shout out the women's soccer program for that. Oh, epic I should have comeback. started with that. The national yeah. championship number 120. Yes, That's 120. exciting. Congratulations. Yes, that was an ex the first time in the women's soccer college cup history in the title match that someone came from two goals down to win the championship. And they did in the final 10 minutes and forced overtime and won with the Mary Carmen Reyes game winner yeah. in overtime in the second period of overtime, which calls for an eight clap. Get your hands yes, up. It does. Let's get yes, that hands it up. Does. Just go check out Locked On Sports today. Make that your second listen. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen. It's time for eight clap time. And let's go. And one, one, two, two three, three, four, five, four, five, six, six seven, seven, eight. eight. You. You. C. C. L. L. A. U. C. L. A. Fight, 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 fight. fight. You bet. You yes. bet. Congratulations, Bruins. And, uh, you know, thank you, Zach, for having me on. It is a great opportunity real quick to get the younger players with some practices. December 30th is a nice time to have a bowl game. You can work a lot with a lot of the underclassmen and, and uh, just keep building for UCLA football in the future. Keep building, get that 10th win, and then, most importantly, build for 2023 and beyond for the Big Ten. For Ed Kazarian, I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. Click that subscribe button on YouTube. Thanks for your support. Download all the episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.